It's Friday, May 21st, 2021, and you're listening to episode 570 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 52 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Wayne. My name's Chad. And I'm Donkey Show. Okay, I'll go with that. So, Wayne. <laughs> so, Don. Hey. How's it going? Yeah, I'm not even going to ask, because I'm going to have to bleep the entire response, and we're not going to go there. <laughs> so, all right, Wayne, I think I may have finally found someone who has you beaten. Oh, in what way? I was at an anniversary dinner for my girlfriend's parents, because they just celebrated their 50th which I had to make fun of her for because my parents, even though I'm younger than she is by a little bit, not by a lot, but I tell her a lot, even though in truth, that's not all the case, but my parents have already celebrated their 50th. So of course that means their marriage has been going longer, which means they're better people, right? <laughs> that, that's how this works. So I was talking to her and she was telling stories about her being my girlfriend, not the mom about when she was and growing the mom up. Mom is not your girlfriend. No, no, I'm not dating yeah. both her and her mom and some, right. Yeah, the, the, see, there's certain things that Leviticus has laws against that everyone would agree with. And that's one of them. Is not to I don't date, know about everyone. Not to date a daughter and her mom. Yeah, because I know someone who did. Right. Okay, well, anyway. And then had pregnancy scares with both of them, and we were doing whiteboarding sessions. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out the family trees, what if they'd both yes, been pregnant? exactly. That you, you are the father of both an aunt and... You need a whiteboard. Yeah, yes. I need a whiteboard. We literally whiteboarded And it. an adult. All right. <laughs> no, this... Okay, so her thing was she was telling me that where she grew up was apparently somewhere in the neighborhood of one of these really uncontrolled smelteries of like the... Or smelters, I don't know the proper conjugation okay. is, of the 1970s and 80s. Smelter. And was saying that the... Water was so bad that they would use they'd use powdered milk. Okay, they didn't have like store bought regular milk. They used powdered milk, but the water was so tainted that the cereal would be gray. Like the milk would pour wow. out like this silvery color. And I'm like, and you freaking just consumed this. It never. I mean, I understand when you're a little kid, maybe you don't know exactly what lead poisoning does and everything. But I ask you, like, are you right now? Do you have a bank account going? Are you saving up for chelation? Because you're probably going to need it in a few years if you don't need it already. I mean, there comes a point of you're a kid, you live at home, you don't choose where you live. True. And, you don't. Well, I didn't choose where I went to school. There's also a point of you have a family, you're broke, and you can't choose where you live. You land somewhere. Well, yeah. Stuck. I don't and know how much of it is my You can place. either drink nothing and die, yeah. or drink water with lead in it and not die-ish. Yeah, well, and think about all of my stories... We could see the lead smelter from the school. What about all the people that were working there Mm -hmm. that are actually there? Yeah. They had to have had it way worse. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Wayne lived near a lead smelter. Yeah. We have went to school near one. I've enough miles away. You are because it was rural. You're very far away. Yeah. Yeah. Missouri has a couple of super fun sites involving lead smelters that just, oh, well, we're going to smelt down the lead and it all goes away magically. Just ignore the clouds of lead coming out of the thing. And I know I've told the stories on the mic where we'd be out at gym. They'd blow the the stack and you'd raise your shirt up over your mouth and it would have black stains on your shirt. You know what a swatch is? Uh, Like a fabric swatch. Yeah, like a piece of cloth. Yeah. When my mom was a teenager, she worked in a basically a swatch factory, made cloth swatches that glued to boards and sent out samples and that sort of thing. You went to work. And you started chewing gum. This was your yeah. PPE because at the end of your shift, for those not PPEs, personal protective. No, equipment. everyone's familiar with what. Well, PPE I would assume now. so, but <laughs> well, but not in our not in all of our audience is English speaking. So yeah. PPEs, personal protective equipment. So you'd take the gum out, and the gum would be covered with fibers and a total like blue and red and green and blackish and stuff because it's just raw fabric everywhere you're cutting up, and you're just breathing that crap in. No. It's, I don't know, whatever your politics are, it seems like there's certain degrees of environmental and work safety laws that I would assume that pretty much everyone can get behind. And your milk shouldn't be silver. Well, not everyone. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, you're, unless you're Mr. Burns, your milk shouldn't be silver. Yeah. Let's go ahead and start with that one. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know what kind of boys that milkshake brings to the yard. <laughs> huh. Okay. So, kind of along the lines of lead poisoning, I guess... You know, there is something about 
just something that makes you feel good about making Brodor laugh. <laughs> when he has this look on his face where he's trying to hold it in, and you know you've got him, I, it I'm makes just, you feel good. I'm just <laughs> trying to take it all in and be respectful and not talk about lead smelting. And I'm just thinking silly stuff here. Or Dioxin. Yeah. yeah. Pontoon Beach. Yeah. Now, we always called it Tampon Beach. I don't know. I just thought, like, imagine... So, like, when I was a kid and ocean pollution was an important thing, um, <laughs> because, and, and you used to, you used to have, you know, prophylactics and use syringes and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Well, tam- kind of still do. The heroin tam- needles watching up tam- on the beaches. Tampon yeah. Beach was down river from a girl's school and well as you can imagine it would almost look like one of the poppy fields that you would see in art they would just no, i don't be think it looked like strings that. <laughs> in in red and gravel everywhere it was delightful have you read chuck palnick's rant no i haven't there's an entire chapter about that very topic oh about about fields of yes. of wow yes. oh man he's a genius. i actually hated rant because it's Chuck Palnuk trying to out Palnuk himself. Mm. Like he's really just trying real hard to outdo that sort of gross shock thing. Nah, and I'm, I've, yeah. I've been guilty of that as well. Trying to outdo me in mm. grossness. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like now, for instance. Yeah. No, 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 no. You gave me that oh, sweet summer child look. Oh, no. I see. We're talking about environmental yeah. pollution because and brother somehow. I didn't talk to the, you about the yeah. smell of Tampon Beach. Oh. Okay, so now we are definitely changing topics. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> now see, as much as you like to make me smile, the Chad arms folded, disgusted. Mm-hmm. That's that's what yeah. I'm he does. He definitely does have that look of a parent who's like, "What my kids just said was really funny, but if I laugh, I will fail to discipline them, and so I have to pretend that I'm angry, even though I'm not." It's almost like that. Like I can't validate Brodor, but at the same time, what he did it was say the, it is was really the tang funny. of iron in the back of Chad's throat <laughs> that he could taste that really is what set him <laughs> off. It's a matter of I can't acknowledge it or make follow up jokes; otherwise, it would keep going. Yeah, Gu- again, guilty so, as charged. Yeah, right. I have to just kind of swallow it and be like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right." So, all right, <laughs> we're just going to do a hard transition now. So. In a game, have you ever, as a game master... Now, Chad did raise the question, Mm. why is this only the game master? And that's a fair question. We didn't even start there. But have you ever had somebody at your table who has an idea that, to be honest, if you're just to look at this completely in isolation, it's a pretty dumb idea, or it's something that they and they alone are interested in. So maybe it's not dumb. Maybe it's just irrelevant. Mm-hmm. It's not part of really where the game is headed, but they've latched onto it. They alone have latched onto it for some reason. You know, we talk on this show a lot about moving the spotlight and sharing the spotlight and making sure everyone at the table gets a certain amount of spotlight from the game master where we explore the things that interest this person or we explore their character story or their background ideas or their whatever but spotlight of course really measures attention this is the amount of time this person is the center of the game's attention and flow as opposed to a slightly different concept i realize they're related so we can't cleanly separate them But there is a definite distinction to where at the far edges of these circles, they're not the same idea, even if in the middle they all blur together, which is validation. And so you have somebody at the table who says something, and it's the first thing they said all game. They're a quiet player. They're an observer. They're someone who soaks it in. And all of a sudden they say, you know, I want to do such and such. And your first most honest thought is that is the stupidest crap I've heard all day. But their heart's in it. This is the first time they've spoken up. Everyone comes to this game wanting to have fun, wanting to contribute, wanting to participate. And assuming you're not a complete jerk, you care about that. You're not trying to beat people into conformity. By the way, Broder, I want to make a t-shirt of the phrase used a few shows back of 
there is no dysfunction at my table. I don't allow it. <laughs> I think Fear the Boot should sell that as a shirt. We should. That's there is brutal. no dysfunction at my table. I don't allow it. I don't, my wife adored that. But, <laughs> so I'm not trying to go that route. But you know, the person says something like, look, this is the first idea they've had. Mm-hmm. They're really quiet. They're really unsure of themselves. Maybe they're new to the hobby. Maybe they're not. But either way, you kind of feel the need. Like, let's say it's a table where I've got one person who's really loud and really involved and is an experienced role player or not. It doesn't really matter. But I don't have a problem saying no to that person fairly often or as often as is necessary. Or giving them my preferred yes. You don't say no. Yes, but. No, you don't say yes, but. You say, I'll let anyone roll on anything. Yeah, sure. Sure, exactly. And then give them some improbable roll or whatever. I tend to fall on that line. I've had that occasionally where, I'll go ahead and roll for it. Thinking it's going to be a horrible roll and a nat 20 something. (laughs) Yeah, but see, here's why I don't know that that's a good strategy for this. And I'm trying very hard not to name Let me describe the situation. I don't want to name the person. Let me describe the situation. The situation that inspired this is in the West Marches game that I'm running. There's all these people of very, very diverse skill and experience levels, both socially and specifically with role-playing games. You know, They run the gamut from people like Johnny G, who have been gaming for a long time, to people where this is literally their first time ever touching polyhedral mm-hmm. dice outside of the six-sided dice that come with Monopoly. And when they come up with an idea, and my first thought is, wow, that's dumb. <laughs> but it's like this person just spoke up for the first time. And if I ask them to roll, I can hedge my bet on their bad idea, or to me it seems like a bad idea, will fail surely if I have them roll this D20 and they've got effectively no chance of making it. But that's part of the problem, because if Mm -hmm. this is their first time speaking up and I'm trying to get them to speak more, I want them to feel validated enough. They keep coming back. If you're trying to feed a baby and the bottle's always empty, eventually they stop messing with the bottle. So it's it's just simple conditioning. So I can't have them go to the dice and hope they'll fail, because if they fail, that makes the problem worse. I need them to feel validated so they keep contributing. So they smile. So right? here, here's the problem as you're approaching it. You're talking about operant conditioning. So operant conditioning is, you know, positive reinforcement, negative yeah. reinforcement. Yeah, very, very skinnery. Yeah, yeah. And, and just to be clear, positive reinforcement does not necessarily mean I do a good thing so that you do a good thing. And negative reinforcement is I do a bad thing to you, so you do you stop doing bad things. Yeah, but it's it, not moral. It, no, no. It, well, it's it's a matter of I want a positive reaction to you so I could do the carrot or the stick. So people understand that. So what you're talking about is you're using, you have a problem and you're using the wrong tool for it because you're talking about the spotlight and it's like this person finally spoke up and you need them to speak up more because you know what, that's why we're here. That's why we game and stuff. And, and they finally spoke up, but what they're doing is kind of stupid. It's just not going to work. And they, for whatever, maybe they don't understand the situation. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But they're going to do something that that's kind of stupid that you don't want to happen. But you want them to do things. You you don't want to slap them down. So you're talking about the tool of the spotlight. Yeah, and that's the wrong tool. It's it's the wrong tool. Right. We use spotlight as a reward or as a motivator. Mike has been doing some stuff, and I know that he's about to do this really cool scene. So as the game master, I switch the action onto Mike, and I. I let Mike really take over. And if Mike maybe kind of stumbles a little bit or, you know, has a brain farter, I can move that tool to wait. That way, Mike maybe isn't embarrassed and the game kind of keeps going. And then when he collects himself, I can move the spotlight back. And it motivates people to step into the spotlight and highlights. It has all kind of different uses. What you're talking about is you want this person to do something. So you need to reward it. You cannot think of their idea as something you don't want them to do. That's just a result. It's neither here nor there. It doesn't matter that it's dumb and it doesn't work. We need to concentrate on the person who doesn't speak just spoke up. That's awesome. Yeah. So the tool is you need to be their fan. You need to be a fan of this person. You need to be excited for their idea. 
you need to be in the dugout with them, not a game master on high who's like announcing the game and doing that sort of thing. You won the contest to be in the dugout with them. So instead of in your mind, it's like, oh, they just said, oh, come on, dude, throw me a bone. Instead, you're like, man, I don't know about that plan. That seems a little out there. But you know what? Here's this thing about this guy you're trying to get past. Well, I mean, you just gave them free information there that they shouldn't That's, have. And so you're a fan of them. So you just slid them a little go. And then you're like, what do you think about? And you know how you do the thing where somebody's trying to learn to read or something. It's like, so you can use a bridge to what? And so you kind of do that. And so you're like, okay, your plan has this aspect to it. Now I just gave you this free thing. So what do you think about maybe well, doing this? So let me codify this a little bit. And, and let me give the metaphor that let's say we're talking about a stage play. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's standard theater play. And spotlight is obviously controlled by the people that do the lighting or mm-hmm. by what the mm-hmm. script calls for. All right. Now, as a game master, it's fairly easy to give someone spotlight. The yeah. issue with game masters is not that it's difficult to do this. It's that game masters oftentimes don't do it. They put the spotlight where it's easiest at the person who's loudest, whatever, and they don't necessarily move mm. it around equally or fairly or, or whatever. But that's that's one issue, right? But let's say you put the spotlight on a character and they stand up and the actor just bombs their part mm-hmm. and the audience isn't clapping. And so they've got the spotlight, but they don't have validation. I'm agreeing with you, by right, the way. Right, right. I, I'm just no, no, yeah. I'm expanding my metaphor here a little bit. But I have found that what you just described, mm-hmm. I'm going to boil it down to a single word, is one of the ways that I can validate their participation mm-hmm. without directly validating their idea. So it's an indirect validation, which is serendipity. Yeah. All right. So we're in a bank robbery. I'm making this one up. And it's a modern game. So mm-hmm. the bank vault is cement poured around 18 inches of uncuttable steel right. and whatever. We're nonsense. not going to chew through this. Right. We're not, and somebody says, you know what? I'm going to punch it and start trying to punch right. my way. Cause my character's kind of strong. And it's like, <laughs> no, you're going to break your hands on that much yeah. steel. But, but what I can do is something like, well, while you're punching it, mm. you don't know your fists are having much effect, but as, as you hit it, you notice that there's a piece of paper that someone left with a sticky note yeah. on the, that says something or else that maybe leads them on a set of clues in a scavenger hunt around the office to where they find that, oh, actually, someone just recently reset the safe mm-hmm. code and it's hidden in so-and-so's desk. But the first post-it note that sets them on that path happens to be where this person is trying to punch their way into a bank mm-hmm. vault. And so I use that serendipity to where their action is validated, even if the action itself is not directly fruitful. So I know this was just an example you came up with off the top of your head. Right. But if I were sitting in that game and that happened, my take on that would be, oh, the GM thinks that was a ridiculously stupid idea. So he's giving you an answer so you don't go down that path. Because that one was kind of obvious. Yeah. I've been struggling with the whole concept here because... When someone does something that I think is stupid, one of the first things I have to think about is, am I just being judgmental? Right. Is this really a stupid idea or is it stupid because of things I know they don't know? Is it stupid because I just didn't think of it that way and here's an easier way? Do Is everyone else at the table? Are they looking at the person like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard? Or are they, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's Mm -hmm. do that. So that's the first thing I have to think about is... Is this actually a really bad idea or am I just being judgmental? But then the next thing is, is it going to break my game? Mm -hmm. Somebody punching through a vault door that has no superhuman abilities. And we're playing Reservoir Dog the game. We're not playing like Superman the game. Yeah. The answer is yes. That's going to break my game. Yeah. That is going to break. No, it's going to break their character's hand. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Well, and and Wayne, you, I think, said something very vital there, which is. I think we do have to be somewhat objective about the way in which we evaluate these ideas. How did I come to the conclusion that an idea was bad? And there may be a strategy here, and I think there is, in looking at it of, okay, maybe I think it's a dumb idea because of things I know they don't, as you said. Yeah. Or maybe it's I think it's dumb because it's just not how I think. But 
one of the questions I asked is, what if the world did work the way they thought it did? What if they were actually right? I know what Mike's going to say. I want to hear it. So all right. No, no, no. I wasn't trying to get attention. I, I literally mm-hmm. did have to cough and I was trying to have good mic discipline. No, you had, okay. you had like okay. a cornucopia of faces that no, you've been making. Because, Stop it. because what? why are we wasting time? Yep. You're not right. punching <laughs> the vault door. Yep. It's f***ing stupid. And there are other people at the table that also mm-hmm. recognize that it's f***ing stupid. And I have an obligation as the game master mm-hmm. to say, so-and-so, your idea is idiotic. We all agree it's idiotic. Mm-hmm. You're wasting everybody's f***ing time. Why are you gaming with us? You're a f***ing idiot. I but that totally is, agree with him. That is one example. What if, however, instead of saying they're punching through a vault door, that they're going to charge through a wall? Well, I, in their mind, it's a drywall. That you could reasonably charge through if you're a big guy. In your mind, it's a brick wall. It's a brick wall. Well, here's the that's thing. a disconnect. That, well, but that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's just an error. Yeah, yeah. that's poor communication. Here's, and here's the I'm thing. not a great communicator, but boy, I, I mean, I would hope that in that situation that I would be able to say, oh, no, I'm sorry, man, you misunderstood. When I said 18 inches of steel <laughs> bank vault, I mean 18 inches <laughs> of steel bank vault. See, here, here's the thing. Is I'm re- I'm actually really glad you brought the punching of the, the right, bank yeah. vault up because I hadn't thought of that. It's a spectrum. It's a scale. Yeah, that right? is an exceedingly so, bad idea. There is a point in there, right, of saying, okay, this person, they have a bad idea, but they don't speak up, and I need to encourage them speaking up, so... I'm going to use different game mastering clues to kind of alter what they're doing. I'm going to maybe throw them a line and I'm going to kind of be their fan or I'm going to kind of maybe suggest something or I'm going to try and get somebody else to suggest something so that they don't do it. But I'm going to do it in a way that encourages them to keep going and just put the spotlight on them and say, but Chad, then I'm going to put a Zeppelin on a train. Well, I mean, there's the other end of it, though. Like you have the guy, he doesn't talk. You want him to talk more. You want him to be involved. And he does. He he actually comes out of his shell and they say, and they know that they are punching an 18 inch steel bank vault and they understand the game. They go into this with their eyes wide open and that's their idea. You can't help them. And I don't mean that, oh, they're so stupid. They're, they're unhelpful. No, what I mean is I can help them pack their bag and get it the f- out of my house. I can help. <laughs> well, what I, well, what I mean is that. You've lost already, right? It's like you can't salvage that because you can't alter that. You can't encourage them to do more because it's coddling, right? It's what you're doing when they make a dumb idea, but you can do things with it. You're coddling them to kind of get them to come out more. When they do something like that, well, your problem is no longer they're not stepping up. The problem is that there's a fundamental disconnect going on, which you cannot coddle, you need to correct. Yeah. If this situation is... No, you can't punch that. Yeah. You'll break your hand. Do you have another idea, though? Yeah, well, and that's where I'm going to diverge a bit from Brodor's because if this was someone who's either A, an experienced role player, B, is very self-sure and outgoing, or C, both, then I have a very, very different view on this. If someone says, I'm going to punch the bank vault, it's going to be like, if okay, you, you're going to break your hand. Or if your cousin or your, your cousin, if your nephew who's never role played in his life says that to you, well, your reaction is, okay, he doesn't understand something I need to educate. If I, Chad, yeah. was sitting at a SOG game that we've been playing for a year and I say my character punches the bank vault, the reaction is different. You look at me and go, what's your angle? Exactly. That was yeah. exactly, <laughs> it's funny. Okay, we've known each other way too long because that yeah. is not only what I was going to say, that is the exact phrase. I was even going to say, what's your angle here? Because it's like, if you're thinking you can punch through this bank vault, you're probably thinking something I'm not. And I will say, like, have I forgotten that your right hand has the expression on your face out? And I will interpret it as either, well, he doesn't understand my angle, or B, hmm, I fed up. I don't understand something about the situation. Because for that situation, as it's described, I would immediately think one of a couple things. If this is a normally reasonable person, right? Not somebody that already does crazy things all the time. The kid, yeah. But a normal person at your table, maybe they don't speak up much or anything, but they come and say, "I'm going to punch the wall." Yeah, I'm going to punch the bank vault. I'm going to wonder. Okay, why do they think this is a good idea? Mm-hmm. 
is this a case of they're just so frustrated they're going to throw anything out just to do something? I got a problem in my game, I got to fix. Yep. Are they doing this to be disruptive? I got a problem in my game, I need to fix. Are they doing this because they really don't understand that it's actually a metal wall? I need to make sure they understand the situation. I got a problem in my game, I got to fix. If it's something else, I don't even know where they would come from for punching a, a wall like yeah, that. Yeah, well, I'm going to ask them to stand up in my game room, and I'm going to ask them to punch my gun safe. Just, you have a very large gun Just safe. punch my gun safe. I was actually, And you tell me how you feel. And if you thought it was a good idea to punch my gun safe, I just as swore I'm at. I was actually thinking about well, saying, hold on, hold on. Let, let me throw out two disclaimers <laughs> well, here. Hey, wait a minute, because I want to tie off of his. Actually really thinking about something very similar of asking them the question, if you did this in real life, what do you think would happen? Am I missing something? No, that, that's great advice. That, that is, I think that is a great point, is understand their thinking. And maybe that requires stopping to understand what their thinking is. Can you walk me through this? What What do you think? Well, my thinking is my character is a meth head criminal, and he isn't in his right mind. Because we've been playing for a while. Everybody knows we're right. crazy. We cannot get into this thing. Super frustrated. Super frustrated. And you know what my character does in front of the bank manager? He punches vault as hard as he can that, and breaks his hand in an effort to intimidate the bank manager. But that's so different. And I yeah, think it is very different, which right. is why you just can't explode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, but, I, but, I, but the thing is, the in, in fairness, let, let me note two things here. One, I won't name the person. I will say this was this was not either of my nephews because we threw them <laughs> as examples. Your nephews are great. This was not either of my nephews. They're too smart for that. Se- and secondly, this was not something half so black and white. Right. This was a D&D game. There was no bank vault. Nobody was trying to punch a bank vault. I intentionally chose a really, really obvious mm-hmm. stand-in to Just- make a point. The situation was more complex. Let me treat it. But like- the the result was what they were attempting was a completely impotent action, but it was less obvious than punching through 18 inches of steal. I'm going to treat it like a negative episode. Okay. No, 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 no. Oh, wait. I think that Wayne's analysis is spot on. I mean, it, mm-hmm. you do you have to have the conversation and figure out what it is. For example, in a recent D&D game, that I ran one of my players who's a great veteran player and he's been, he's doing it a long time and he's a wonderful guy and I love him, but we have different ideas on what is interesting or necessarily thematically appropriate. And he has brewed this alcohol. I mean, ashamed I'm even telling the story. He's brewed this alcohol and they had killed recently a black pudding and he wants to take sludge from the black pudding cave and put it in his booze and call it pudding punch. <laughs> and I said to him as he's pitching this, I said, look, banker, I know where you're going. I love you. I think it's really fucking dumb and totally inappropriate to the real world ugly theme of the game. But you know what? It's not the hell I'm going to die on. You want to call your drink that your character created pudding punch and put black pudding in it fine it's really dumb but it's not for me and this is our game not just my game you've come a long way right yeah (laughs) (laughs) however i still have a problem with the bank vault right that's even with the meth head character well no because that's a wholly different thing when you say i am approaching the bank vault I'm enraged, I'm frustrated, I'm chunked up, I'm not thinking straight, and and I realize that everything, this whole house of cards is falling apart Mm -hmm. because I can't get in this door, and attacking that door emotionally and irrationally, dude, makes sense. The argument about the players are frustrated. Are they acting out? All of that makes sense. Have they expended every single plan have run out of ideas and they're not going to punch it. They just take yeah, in frustration. And, and none of this, none of this was the issue. It's it's, chewing. Them. Yeah. Like I said, <laughs> the issue here is it's not that the party's stock. It's not that. No, it's just the example. Yeah, of it, precisely. And, and, and I don't want to get, once again, I don't want to get too caught up in this example, the sure. bank vault, because it's whole cloth invented. There was no bank vault, but where's the bank vault? The, yeah. The, the, the issue was that oh, we're someone, making t-shirts, someone, <laughs> someone who does not normally speak right. up, 
spoke up. And the spotlight's not the issue. Once again, this person yeah, gets their fair number of turns, but they have real trouble speaking up. And then they need that validation. They, they're just mm-hmm. somewhat reserved. Wayne, there's something I like that you threw out. And I'm going to build on it a bit, which is redirection, which is you can look at them and maybe validate them in a somewhat different way than they set out to do. So they say, well, I'm going to punch the bank vault. And I need to stop using that example because we're getting, I realize I threw blood in the water here on that one. <laughs> but, it, but I could still say something like, well, you don't think you can punch through the bank vault. You try your fists on that a few times, then it's only hurting you, not the bank. But you do remember... Well, the bank's money is insured, so it's not going to hurt him. <laughs> yeah, well, and you do remember that you have a spell here that would help you. That might get through. Mm-hmm. And get them to look at their own stuff and maybe lead them a little bit to success. Yeah. But at the same time, they feel like they did something. There's something that yeah. they did. Even mm-hmm. if you kind of had to spoon feed them the answer a little bit, it still creates that validation of though it required help, I did it. I succeeded. I put a W on the board for the team. Well, I loved your comment earlier of yours was in the case of Chad. What's your angle here? Right. But another way to put it is, okay, tell me what you're thinking. This is a bank vault. You have human well, fists. What are you attempting to do? Tell me what you're thinking is a wonderful tool because it buys you the yeah. Game Master time. Is it really? I mean... I don't know. I'm going to sound foolish for distilling this down so simply, but I feel like that at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's everything is communication. Every, yeah, yeah. every problem, every issue As modest mouse says, you know, and I'm paraphrasing that basically, you know, words are great for solving problems after they've created all the problems, but it, it's, it's really true. I mean, I think that just as some probative, questioning of the intent and desired result of your party. But the problem that I have for just, and this is just me and I don't know if you can tell by listening to the show, but I get caught up emotionally and Mm. I have a tendency to react before thinking about that stuff. And when I'm game mastering and I'm in that moment, there are so many other things right. that I'm balancing, that I'm trying to pay attention to. I'm trying to read the room. I'm trying to consider that Dan needs his validation, but so does Wayne and so does Chad. And this scene's not landing as well as I thought. And you've got all this stuff going on. And so when someone throws something at you that reactionarily, I'm like, that's really foolish. And, you know, the, the stress of everything else, I find it challenging to take a yeah. step back and try to understand mm-hmm. that this person's they're not trying to screw up my game. They're not trying to be a jerk. They're not trying to be disruptive. But maybe I've dropped the ball and they're frustrated because they can't get into a place yeah. that should have been easy to get into. So and I've actually been thinking about exactly what you've been saying for most of this topic. Because my problem as a Game Master is not dropping the hammer. My problem with the Game Master, it's exactly like you said, where, okay, we're doing this scene, they're robbing the bank, and my thought process is, okay, Dan is up on the check rang station, and he's got a shotgun out, and he's trying to control the room. How do I make that interesting more than just him standing there yelling at people? All right, Wayne is in back, he's trying to empty out some stuff, but... I need to set up a thing where he sees the bank teller is his ex-girlfriend. He still has a thing for. How do I introduce that without putting the brakes on the whole thing? Mike says, I punched the bank vault. Okay, roll roll me for that. Wayne, you go up to this girl and... What? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's already rolled. Yeah, yeah. And he's looking at me expectantly, and he's got those gorgeous puppy dog <laughs> eyes and that great smile. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> And now I need to fix this. And that that's where I am. It's it's like I, I <laughs> juggle so many balls. It is so easy for me to say, yeah, that's fine. Just go for it. And there's an order. There's a process yeah. going on. It's like a, a, a single track conveyor belt is going into my mind. And then eventually that pile of little poop gets in there. And I'm like, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> well, Broder, let me ask you a question here because I've, got a theory and i it's more than a theory i'm already largely certain it's true 
your group is all established role players, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. They're just yeah. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, they're just profoundly it, dysfunctional. No, that, no, no I, I, no, I, no, I refuse to allow it. There's no dysfunction at my table. But the, the, okay, so they are right. Yes, I do hey. not have anyone at the table who does not have. At least two decades of RP right. tabletop and, and experience. And these people are all basically abused dogs, where <laughs> no matter how many times they've got beaten, they keep coming back for approval. So, first of all, abuse and discipline is a fine line. <laughs> and, no, it isn't. And, and, and you have no idea where that line's at. And, and, not to the judge, it's not. And, and, and these dogs, nary a one nips at my hand when I take their kibble. <laughs> Huh. See, I don't even approach a game like that. It's like even right. if I was to use this dog metal, why am I taking kibble from them? Because just, they need okay, Chad. They're distributing you, it freely. You and, and Dan, I'm going to try to anticipate your point because I'm not particularly clever. But what you're saying is you have new people, new wait, wait, gamers. Wait, wait. I'm, repeat that. I'm going to try and anticipate your point, which yeah. is one of the most advanced traits of general rhetoric. Yeah. And you follow that up with, because I'm not very bright. So here's the situation. No, a moron does not attempt to anticipate points. Because my players are veteran players. Right. The idea that I'm at my table even going to encounter something like this is very, very slim. And so that I have cultivated relationships. I have built expectations with these players. And so everyone knows that if they said something that stupid at my <laughs> table their they wouldn't no they just wouldn't game with me anymore no one's getting so, shot no so one's, let's let's imagine for a moment a right. so there's a situation that i've been in i'm gonna guess wayne has been in you two probably not but i want to at least ask you for a moment here can you at least imagine this scenario where you're a very reserved person you're very quiet no i'm out you're you're surrounded by a lot of people you don't know sure and you have been sitting there the whole afternoon this is this could be a work conference a church event this could be a school thing it doesn't matter what it is is it a bank robbery sure it's a bank robbery okay and in the middle of it suddenly they call on you and this is the first time you've said anything in front of this entire crowd and you get nervous and you say something really stupid and you spend the next several hours dissecting what you oh, said, yeah. reliving what you said and regretting what you said. And you as a game master are the person who just put the mic in front of that person and you want to avert that event. Now, Broder, you don't have to worry about that because your group doesn't have people like that to begin <laughs> with. <laughs> <laughs> The people that you have are, are you either they, they play exactly how I tell them to. That's right. They're either <laughs> lines and everything. You they, hand them a script. They are either perfect of their own free will or will be sculpted until they are perfect of their own free will. And do they have understudies? Like if they can't make it, that somebody else reads their lines for them. So that program didn't work out it's for a different episode. But yeah, the whole understudy thing. There was a lot of. Drama. But my point is though, can you guys at least get? The, the broader concept we're talking about here. Yeah. Where so somebody, believe, believe it or not, I've been that guy. And it, it could be they know damn well yeah. punching 18 inches or however thick. I don't know how thick a bank vault is, right? But they, they know on their own they cannot punch through that steel. It's just they're nervous. They're anxious. And when you put the mic in their face, they locked up and said something really yeah. dumb. Mean, it, it's yeah. like, and they know it's dumb. And running they, up to a person, sticking a mic in their face and a camera and saying, who's buried in Grant's tomb? Who's buried in Grant's tomb? Come on, come on. Who's buried in Grant's uh, 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 I don't know. Who is buried in Grant's tomb? Yeah, which well, is a it, question everyone fails because they're on I would, the spot and yeah. think it's a I would be question. Like, I would be like, yeah. I assume it's Grant. Yeah. And that is the correct answer. But everyone locks Grant's up. not in a tomb. Oh, see, I mean, I don't, I literally don't know. I would just assume it's called Grant's Tomb. It's Grant. But they, they all, New York. they lock up because they're on the spot. They don't know. And they, they can't handle the moment. And that's just how they're wired. And then, but you as a game master don't want to send them away from that game, regretting the fact that they spoke up. Once again, we're not assuming that this is someone who's been doing this for years and years and years, but this may be somebody where that was a really big effort. And you want to validate that. You want to send them away with a good feeling. You know why I like being married? It's the same reason I like all my long-term relationships. Because the closer you are with someone and the longer you've been with them, 
the more of your real self you can show to them. And regardless of how monstrous and abusive that real self is, you've built up credit with them. And Mm. so they will tolerate your monstrous behavior. And my game group is exactly (laughs) that. There are people who know that I'm a monster that have known me for years and know exactly what they're getting into before they ever sit down at the table. So on a certain level, I I don't apologize. Fair enough. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't want to deal with either new or quiet or uncertain or socially awkward or whatever players. That's a fair choice. Yeah, I mean, I'm, so Saturday night is for slamming I'm bitches, a, right? All right. He, uh, it, that, that, that's a guy's catchphrase, that's by his, way. That's, that's, his, that's, that's, his, so that's, that's not gaming advice. Yeah, so, Saturday, <laughs> so Saturday night's but whole thing on a is, <laughs> is that consent is the most important thing, right? Consent is absolutely important, but understand that I'm going to choke you. And if you don't <laughs> want to be choked, don't come in my house. And I think I had to sign a waiver when he interviewed me. (laughs) I mean, it was long too, right? It it was, you know, we we need to understand what we want out of this relationship. And you know, I I don't want to date virgins. It's just not Mm -hmm. where I'm at in my life. Yeah, I like bringing up new players. I don't get to do it very often. Yeah, well, I do understand though, Broder's point. I get it. That yeah, yeah, it like nobody owes anyone a spot at their table, and part you can choose to refuse anyone you want. It's your choice. It's your table. And so, yeah, that may be the answer is maybe you just prefer not to have such people at the table to begin with, that if they can't handle a bit of rough and tumble, then don't show up in the first place. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we can't be friends. It's not like everybody yeah. has people. And I'm if sorry, you don't I, want watermelon on you, don't sit in the front row of a Gallagher show. Yeah, I mean, I, just, yeah, I mean, I've derailed the, the topic because it's not really about validation. But yeah, exactly. I mean, I just, you know, mm-hmm. there are certain things I want out of the well, relationship. It makes me think of something. Earlier, and you had mentioned, and I had mentioned before we started, the question I have, which overrides everything I've basically said tonight, is why is this on the Game Master? Yes. Because the Game Master, as much as we want to talk about how it's everybody's game and we all have to It is everyone's game. We do not have equal labor in the endeavor. We don't have equal responsibility. In the endeavor. Well, depending on the game, it also may fall solely upon the game master to determine dispute resolution. In the situation I'm thinking of, which I'm being intentionally very vague about, the person declared their action and then everyone got attentive and looked at me to wait for a ruling. And it's now I I think you raised a fair question that I totally support. I'm going to underline your point here in a moment, but. I get what the mechanic was. They're looking to me as the one who resolves disputes to say something about this. Now, I think what perhaps a more attentive, well, I shouldn't say attentive. I think what perhaps a more empathetically aware group would do if they had been thinking about it. I I mean, they were probably called as flat footed as I was, excuse the pun, but I would like to think that one of them would have jumped and said, Hey, you know, maybe that's not the best idea, but Look at these spells you got. You could do this and this and this, or you're not going to punch your way in, but you got this skill over here and you could try and persuade one of the guards that we've got hostage into helping you get this Mm -hmm. bank vault open or whatever. And the other players could get involved with some coaching and some help, which, and I don't think that should cross the line into telling the person how to play their character. Don't tell them a specific singular course of action, but, well, I think it's I th- on the I think it's it, on the game master because of social convention, right? Yeah, it, it's it's very and I don't mean all oh, the game masters in charge. What I mean is it's a conversation. Game master says, "I look at Mike and I say, Mike, what do you do?" Mike looks at me and says, "Chad, I punch the bank vault." The social conversation here is not Wayne jumping in and go, well, Mike, I don't think that's a good idea. He can do that, obviously. But just socially speaking, it's a conversation between Mike and I. Well, and I specifically think I shouldn't do that in that situation because I have seen at tables, multiple groups, multiple times where one person will come up with ideas and either one other specific person at the table or the whole table will continually shoot them down. Yeah. And that person then feels defeated, like they can't do anything. Mm, that's an both dynamic. That both in yeah. character and out of character. The GM, by nature, is more likely to be thinking before reacting than another player. Mm-hmm. Players are more likely to 
they hear it, they're going to throw out their reaction versus a GM's more likely to weigh the reaction because the GM's already in the mode of weighing everything they say. Versus a player's just playing their character. I think it's a good tool, too, like in that situation. Mike says, well, Chad, I punch the bank vault, and I look at the group, I go, what do you guys think of that? Or, he's punched the bank vault, any alternatives? So, I think that ultimately what it boils down to, because the tradition of the hobby has always put these laborers mm. on the game master, and that that's just how I've been doing it for 30-odd years, that just this that's the how, the way I do it. I mean, in literally most games have a divider, a screen that is designed to segregate me, the game master, from the players, right? There is an expectation of responsibility that falls on the game master that I think that just culturally as a hobby, we've just accept. I want to make this new t-shirt, new new Fear the Boot t-shirt, and it's a black t-shirt and on the back are two columns. Column one is the responsibilities of the game master. And there's like 20 items, right? It just keeps going and going and going. And then on the other side is the responsibility of the player. And there's just one item and it just says show up. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And people will wear it proudly or people will wear it ironically or people will, you know, you don't know why they're wearing it. I go back to Dan's original conversation about this, though, and about the validation, because thinking back on it now. I can think of specific cases where I have seen players at the table. They finally come up with an idea they think is good and they throw it out there and they're shot down and they don't speak for the rest of the session because that was their one. I finally got a good idea. Throw it out there. And then they don't get, you know, they stop. When I was still working for a home building company, it was years back. They brought in and I, pretty sure i've mentioned this on the show though i'm wagering it's been years since i've mentioned it but they brought someone in to give us training in all these different industrial methods and quality control methods and whatever and it, it was interesting i can't say it changed my life but it was interesting a lot of organizational psych stuff and one of the things that they suggested was they said in a brainstorming session when you're like, okay, what's causing this problem? Or we know what the problem is. How do we solve it? Whatever. And you do a brainstorming session. Everyone's ideas are treated equally. That if somebody says something, no matter how dumb, no matter how just pants on head it is, you write it down on the whiteboard and you treat it equal to all of your ideas. And they said there were two reasons for doing that. One is to invite conversation. Because if you shoot down one person, not only are they less likely to speak, but everyone else is going to think twice or many people are going to think twice before speaking because they don't want to be sacrificed on the same altar. They don't want to be humiliated. But secondly, is oftentimes bad ideas inspire good ideas. So someone says, oh, I'm going to punch through the bank vault. This is the (laughs) dumbest thing I've ever heard. You cannot punch through a bank vault. But in the middle of saying that, someone's like, well, wait a minute. We do have a laser cutter from the wreckage of the alien spaceship that actually could cut through this. And, you know, maybe them mentioning punch through the vault made them think of this. Or I I don't even know. I could come up with 100,000. You quartered yourself by such a ridiculous answer. I did. That you're having a hard time coming up with reasonable well, things that can make. Well, all right, let me let me go with. We had things like that in Sky's Glass game where someone's like, "I'm going to try and bust through a door." And it's like, no, this door's it's old, it's solid metal, it's reinforced, it's in a concrete framing. Oh, but wait a minute, Chad has a breaching tool. Bingo, mm-hmm. exactly. Someone's like, "Well, I'm going to try and force it open." It's like there's no freaking way. But Chad has a breaching tool. And if someone had not mentioned a brute force method, that may not have occurred as a conversation. And so, once again, you doesn't mean you chase every idea. And maybe this should be a good point to close on, is validating an idea does not have to be the same as coddling the idea. Or adopting it. Yeah, that if somebody says, you know, I'm going to do something, you don't have to say, so I'm going to try and 
talk the wraith out of its line of action, even though they're single-minded creatures right. of hate and evil and whatever. You know, I'm going to try and talk it out of its course of action. Well, okay, the, the, the game doesn't really... The way they're written, you know, that shouldn't really work. No, you say I'll give you, a, I'll give anyone yeah, a roll. I'll give anyone a roll on anything, or you know, well, maybe you can't persuade it, but you do know the person that summoned it. Maybe they yeah. could be persuaded, or whatever. And you could throw out all these side examples that get them thinking in a different mm-hmm. direction. Or even if you say that's an interesting idea, right? You just validate yeah. it right there. Right, yeah, that's an interesting idea, and this is less extreme than punching through steel. So I'm going to try and negotiate with the Wraith. Okay. So this is not in my mind how a Wraith works in mm-hmm. D&D. But I'm going to go ahead and say, you know what? Give me your, your persuasion check, whatever it is you're going to do. And maybe in this race mind, well, it is self-preserving. Maybe mm-hmm. it knows you know where its master is or the thing right. that summoned it is. And so it's at least going to play along. Or maybe it's not at all. But I mm-hmm. say, you know what? That's an interesting idea. Give me a check on that. Yeah. And the person rolls it, be like, oh, you were, and there was a real yeah, roll. 20, you were so close. Yeah, Sorry. no, no, and it's a real roll, <laughs> yeah. right? And if they roll well, maybe the Wraith kind of rethinks it, though not for the reason they realize. Mm-hmm. And if they fail, be like, it does hesitate for a moment. Like, it's contemplating something. Yeah. So this person feels like they contributed to progress. They help give the group ideas, even if their action failed. So success is not the same as validation. Coddling is not the same as validation. Just like spotlight is not the same as validation. But you're just saying, look, what you contributed here, we did pay attention to it. It did mean something to us. And even if it was dumb, we don't want to send you home with the idea that it's not your idea that was dumb. It's you that's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, that guy guilty. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, as for the rest of you who are hopefully still have some shred of humanity thank you for tuning in i hope you guys have a great week and great games everyone staying alive and out there and we will catch you next time this has been a production of fear the boot copyright 2021 listeners are free to use this episode in a non-commercial endeavor so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. If you wish to support this show and its related endeavors, you can do so at patreon.com slash feartheboot.